No Ketchup Chicago. Good, my people. Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick on the line. It's a beautiful day in Chicago, Illinois. Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. <laughs> radio, radio, radio. <laughs> no, facts, though. Yo, facts. Shout out Tory Lane's hype man, by the way. Whoever dude is, dude needs his own situation popping off. Oh, is that, that is what that's funny- from? You haven't seen those? Uh-uh. The <laughs> oh, he's got this dude that'll be in the background the whole time. It's like Tory Tory Lanez, in addition to a whole bunch of other people are hosting like Instagram lives. A whole bunch of fans come on, but like he'll do like twerk contests and shit, and like he'll also bring in like other celebrities. And he has this one dude who's always in the background, like quarantine, 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 <laughs> radio, radio, radio. <laughs> like I'm so in. Doug, please, if you haven't tuned into Tory Lane's IG live, this shit is hilarious, bro. Quarantine, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I it. can't believe you haven't seen that nah, shit. Yet. I haven't peeped. Radio, radio. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta peep. I gotta peep. This shit is hilarious. Yeah, shout out Tory Lane's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into uh, the NFL or NFL.com. They're both the same entity. Released the uh, 2010s All-Decade team. We're going to talk about the list. Uh, we're going to rank our top five or our top five players from that from, from the past decade. And then we'll talk to snubs. Then we're going to jump into some. Uh, we want to talk about Trump and, and, and how he's been acting. And you can call it the cornball of the day, whatever you want. We're going to talk Trump. We're, uh, we're going to talk about what we've watched during the quarantine, and then we're going to close it. Chicago only. Talk Paxson. Talk the new look for a uh, new front office, essentially. Hopefully. We'll go through that. We'll talk about what uh, Casey Johnson said on uh, Bulls Talk and uh, for NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll, we'll close it there and break it down. But I was telling Nick, I'm sipping the Blanco tonight, the white wine tonight, and Nick, Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick is not with it. No, we got to find a, you one. Not, not a white wine guy. The crazy thing is, like, I love champagne. Like, you know what I'm saying? Give me the rosé. Do you? I love champagne. Uh. Give me the Cle- give me the Clicquot. Give me the Moet. <laughs> give me all that. Like, I'm all day with it. So, like, that's the that's the white, I guess, I'll drink in the summertime. But, yeah, man, the Pinots and, like, all that. I can't. The Grigios, the Chardonnays, like, it's too sweet for me, man. Like, I have a couple of them in, like, my stomach starts turning. I want to say like the last time I had one, unless it was at a wedding and there was nothing else to drink. Like, I don't think I've had white wine in like a decade. Like for real, like it's been that long. I mean, I'm not a white guy either. Right. I know like, you know me, I'm a red guy, but yeah, it's a, it's been my girl pour one up. So I pour one up. It's a nice different change of pace real quick. I ain't gonna lie. I might have to might take a little tour, man. We'll see. We'll see. Another yeah. thing is my girl doesn't drink wine, period. So, like, I, it's really what I want. So, it's never like there's right. white, like, white so sitting around the crib. She drinks champagne, though. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we were drinking some champagne the other day. You know, shit like that. But, yeah, if your girl doesn't drink it or whoever you're around doesn't drink it, like, yeah, and it's not your preference, you probably will never taste it. Yeah, you know you're never going to go to the store and grab it. You're going to grab you're it. Never, yeah. Saying? exactly so maybe i do like it at some point but yeah all my memory i've never really loved white wine i've always thought it was too sweet i don't like anything that's too sweet especially when it's hot out you just said you yeah i guess that's true 
I might like champagne. I guess, yeah. Champagne is sweet as fuck, but it's different. The bubbles, the bubbles Give me the too bubbles. much, bro. Nah, the, bro. The, the, the bubbles are just so deep. The bubbles are such a, Yeah, see, I don't go like two bottles deep. That's what she'll do. Like, I watch her smash three bottles of champagne yeah, nah. on some recklessness, and I can't do that. But like, I mean, I've had the top but, tier, the crazy Dom, old Dom. But you were saying you don't. To me. You were saying you don't drink the dark liquor in the summer. It's hot. In the summer? I, I, I need to understand this. Listen, I need to understand this. The only thing I'm drinking in the summer, bro, is vodka. I hate vodka. Vodka. I'm obviously drinking beer. I'm drinking. Uh, that's really it, bro. I'm drinking vodka sodas and beer. I might have to put a little. Now that I sip on, now, now that I'm sipping on this Pinot, I might have to put this oh, in my man. a little with more the cubes? with the cubes. <laughs> with the cubes, <laughs> oh, <I'm drunk>. <laughs> <laughs> like, straight like that. I might have to put this in rotation more, but um. I've Bro, never the, been a vodka guy, man, like my whole life. And everybody always says, like, oh, it's the easiest thing to drink. It tastes the least amount like alcohol. To me, vodka tastes like fucking ISO 90% isopurl alcohol. Whatever that <laughs> that's shit. That's you used to like rub when you cut your hand over. Like, yeah, perox- tastes like peroxide, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate the taste of vodka. The only clear liquor that I drink ever is tequila. That's it. And I yo, can drink tequila whenever, wherever, however yo, you want to give it to me. I love tequila. I'm with you. Love it. It's great. I, I had to retire it because oh, the, the hangovers were so next just, level. Oh, my God. They were like, my body was just telling me, like, yo, you cannot drink this shit. To me, I've learned there's a science to drinking tequila. Tequila can't be your primary at any stop. Like, it can't be your primary drink of that night. Like, you what can you have mean? some so tequila. How you do it then? So you mix it in with some tequila shots. You might have a couple little tequila drinks to start the night. You might even go half the night on tequila, but you can't go a full 100% tequila night because either, like you said, you're going to have a vicious hangover or you might fight somebody. See, I, I, like, I, I don't just, never <laughs> get... I, <laughs> tequila, see, it, it sneaks up on you, too. Like, tequila is the ultimate, like, I'm going to sneak up on you, like, an hour later. I don't never... Of, uh, I drink. never get angry when I drink. I love I love the tequila the whole way, all night, love every sip. And the, then next the next day, day just fucks with you? Shambles, dog. So. Oh, no, it's my shot of choice, usually, or, like, a warm-up drink. But I'll never, like... You'll never see me, like, bring a bottle of Patron to the function and have that be my primary. Yeah. But it also could, depends on what tequila you drink because you really like tequila is one of those liquors. There's a major difference. I guess a lot of them, but there's a major difference between the cheap shit and like the real shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like I mean, once that's you've had, everything. Yeah. And I've had the top tier tequila and uh, like right. all the, the all the hangover is the same for me. So yeah, it's all the same. You. So tequila just doesn't agree with you. I just don't rock with it. I love it, oh. but I you, wait. What's some? What, what's what? That, what's that? Is there a saying for something that you love but you can't have? It's like I don't know. I don't have a yeah. fan for it, but yeah, I love it. But I it's can't just something have you it. love it, but you know you got to stay away. It's, yeah, it's like uh, it's like betting on the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, no, I, don't love, like I don't love that on at the all. It, it, now there's foods like that. I can't think of anything offhand, but there's definitely foods. It's like, man, I wish I, I would eat that all the time if it didn't make me feel like shit. Yeah, can't do it. I'm starting to feel that way about red meat. Yeah, like, I know I we talked had... about, but like, but like a steak. I had a steak like two weeks ago. It was dumb heavy, bro, huh? Like three days, like because we remember we weren't doing really red meat in 2020. Whole digestive and, uh, system was fucked up, bro. Whole shit was flipped over. I used to love a steak. <laughs> tasted great, tasted phenomenal. Like an hour later, my whole shit was like it felt like I had a fucking brick yeah, at the bottom bro. of my stomach. That shit's real, dog. It doesn't process right. I haven't yeah. had any red meat in the the whole quarantine for the most part. I had a uh... quarantine. 
Quarantine, quarantine. Yeah, I'm going to send you the link for this shit. Quarantine, quarantine. Yeah, but I hear you. Yeah, hear you. red no meat doubt. is 100% like that, though. But no, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dark dark liquor, dark wine. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. All day. Dark dude, all day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I was going to say something crazy, but I had to stop myself. Um, anyway, let's jump into this uh, NFL 2010's All-Decade Squad. Yeah. I know when we were prepping for the show, this was the first time you had seen it earlier. So, yeah, I seen um, some chatter on it, but I hadn't really I hadn't really seen the list, but yeah. What are your uh initial thoughts? It, th- these lists are always super tough because so many it's, so many ballers have come through the last 10 years. And it's hard to narrow them, tough. but yeah. What do you think? It's of the, the same list? thing when you try to say like who's the best football player of all time. It's like you can't really do that because well, there's me, so many different things going on. Right. But, let me run through the yeah. list real quick. Offense. Sure. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, Lashawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Flex. They have a flex on here. Darren Sproles, tight ends, Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. I won't even go through the offensive line because we're not going to talk about them. Disrespectful. Um, I mean they're important, but I'm I'm not. We're not. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't know enough about offensive line play, and, and yeah, I don't know enough offensive linemen to be like, yo. Uh, hey, you, hey, you know them when you don't got them. Yeah, you know when you don't. <laughs> That's facts. Everybody takes them for granted. You know when you ain't got the motherfuckers. So That's yeah, facts. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. That's, that's, that's the real shit. Get, that's why they get paid. Trust me. Absolutely. <laughs> Their agent knows too. No doubt. <laughs> so then on the D, big names: Calais Campbell, Cam Jordan, Julius Peppers, JJ Watt, Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue, Chandler Jones, Keekley, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, Pat Peterson, Daryl Revis, Richard Sherman, Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle. He's doesn't get celebrated as much. I'm glad he made this list. He's a beast. Weddle? Uh, yeah, Weddle. Yeah. Uh, Chris nice. Harris Jr., longtime corner for the Bronx, and uh, Tyron Matthew. Um, go look up the list, 2010 All-Decade Team Roster, NFL.com. Um, what do you think about the list? And uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, I like it, man. There's actually, as you were going through the list, I had to check something. At first, I was like, yeah, this list seems fine. There actually is one player. I'm surprised that they made it. Off top, they- yeah, who? Off top, Patrick Willis, only because he retired in 2014. Right. Nothing to do with the type of player that Patrick Willis was. Patrick Willis was a monster at the middle linebacker position. I love Patrick Willis, love what he brought to the table. He was a leader. But a lot of guys, like when I was going through this list trying to find errors with guys, it's like, okay, that dude just didn't play long enough. So the way I read this list, it's like you need to be have like a 10-year, you know, at least eight of the 10 years you like you be were a really beast. good. Yeah. yeah, seven or eight of those 10 years. It's hard to ask for 10 straight years in the NFL. I get it. But, like, seven or eight of those 10 years, you had to be dominant. So, like, Patrick Willis, to me, with only four years, like, it's tough for me to be like, yo, you missed 60% of the decade and you're on the all-decade team. Right. Um, I feel like you could probably put another linebacker in there in the middle. Again, nothing against him as a player. But, when I again, when I was looking for, like, okay, who would I take out? It has to be dudes like Richard Sherman that stay in. It has to be dudes like – Kelsey, who have been around the entire decade. You know what I mean? It can't be someone for like three or four years. So that's why it's hard to do an all-decade team in the NFL. Because, look, no one is dominant for 10 years in this league, right? There's certain positions that cannot be dominant for 10 years in this league. Um, So, like you said, it's a tough list to put together. But 
instantly I went to quarterback. And obviously Brady is one, without a doubt, undisputed, argued however you want to, but he's got the most rings, all that. So um, is this I your try- is this your uh, is this your five? So then we're gonna go through and break down five. Oh no, no, yeah, my boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, about so to be yeah. getting ahead of myself, but yeah. Go ahead and uh, yeah, go ahead, jump into the five because I mean it'll all it'll all ties together, and I can talk about my list too. So my five, yeah, my five that I had, obviously number one, also more for quarterbacks. When I was having the Brady thing, was there another quarterback outside of Aaron Rodgers? But I could not find one. Uh, so I got Brady, number one, Adrian Peterson, number two. Okay. My man, my man in the desert, Larry Fitz, Mr. Consistency. The reason I put him there is he named the last good quarterback he played with. I'll wait. Um, <laughs> you know what? You ain't got love for Carson Palmer? I got no, he had a good year. Kurt Warner had an amazing year, one year there with him, but otherwise he's played with shit quarterbacks. Like, could you imagine Larry Fitzgerald play with Aaron Rodgers? Like he might have 200 catches a year. Yeah, um, for, so for Larry a whole Fitz, decade? Yeah. Yeah, he's been playing with he played. Max Skelton was starting games over there in the desert with Larry Fitz. So I, I don't really want to hear it. Uh, Darrell Revis, because he shut down the entire half of the field consistently for years. And then number five, Von Miller. Won a Super Bowl. Dominant. Yeah, I mean, he... And, and Still he, great. Bro, and he, like, actually won almost won the Super Bowl himself. I, they had the game on last <laughs> night. I watched it. I watched it. Von Miller is is, Dude, is a major problem. Like it's absolutely, he's heavily. He problematic. might as well have been playing quarterback, bro. Yeah, like, he's, he's, that's how important he yeah. was in that game. He a hundred percent. He took the words out of my mouth. He might as well have been playing quarterback in that game because see, that's how problematic Von Miller was um, that year. So yeah, major problem. Major Hit major sacks problem. Sacks last year. Like if we're going through the decade, check it out. All right, Von Miller, 2011, 11 and a half sacks, 18 and a half sacks, got hurt in 13, five sacks, healthy back in 14, 14 sacks, 11 sacks, 13 and a half sacks, 10 sacks, 14 and a half sacks, and eight last year at the tail end of the decade. Like, stop playing with them. 106 sacks. I don't want to hear it. And he kicks it. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen uh, Von Miller out in the street. Oh, kicked it heavy. Like he kicks and, it, and he was the player rep, I think, for the union. Like Von Miller's, the, Von Miller's great. Von Miller's <laughs> great commercial, great commercials too. Great, yeah. great, great guy all the way around. Big Von Miller guy. Big Von Miller guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love him. No doubt. And uh, <laughs> yo, listen, I'll say this too. I'm a big Khalil Mack guy, of course. Now, right? Yeah, he's great. Von is. I don't want to say they don't compare, but Von. It is, um, I would say is but has had a better stretch, and I mean he's been yeah. he's been in the league longer, has had a better stretch, and, and might do everything Mac does, maybe a little better than Mac. So like, yeah, I, I mean it's it's. He's I think like Khalil that. Mac might be better against the run, but I mean again we might be splitting hairs I mean, too. Keep, so you I know mean, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Vaughn's not Vaughn doesn't even care about the run. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, care about I mean, that. Like, no, but he's, yeah, like, he's C quarterback, he, tackle C, quarterback. <laughs> get you're not, he's not paying. He can, he's like Von Miller on run plays could sit down and he would play every snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I'm feel good. me? Oh, they off. Yeah, I'm good. Y'all, just y'all like that. This. Right. It's yeah. just, and it's, it's that, it's just like well, when Manny Ramirez played. Uh, the outfield Left where he field. took a piss. My G with my G. <laughs> he took a, bro, he took listen. a piss in the middle of the game. <laughs> Manny Ramirez could have went out there and sat down and put his glove on the on the grass. 
And no one would have said and shit. And he would have played that 162. So like he no one, no one would have said shit. That's how elite he was at hitting, and that's how elite Von Miller is at oh, rushing. Shout the out time, Manny right? Ramirez. Yo, Manny Ramirez great. is the my great. favorite great. right hand hitter of all time. And I didn't even grow up a baseball fan, but I love Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is a legend. When, it, when he took a piss in the middle of the game, I was like, man, the levels, the levels of this. Manny was, <laughs> Manny was, Manny was a real, real problem. Go back and look at those numbers. <laughs> Dude, the best is when he would only do uh, interviews in English, and he's from the Bronx or in Spanish, and he's from the Bronx. Dude, Manny, you ever see that shit? He's, I don't speak English. He's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, Manny's a legend. He grew up he in the Bronx. Just, he didn't care, bro. Manny was. Yeah, the it's like, no say, I grew up in the Bronx, yeah. <laughs> no <say. laughs> yeah, no, no. Manny, Manny Ramirez is the man. Um, yeah, shout out, Manny. I like the list. Ours have, we share a few players, no doubt. Well, um, I think you got to go through the defensive guys. We, we might have, I might have cut you off on that, my fault. No, it's all or good. We could, no, no, I, I got through them all. We had Chris Harrison and uh, the Honey Badger closed out DBs. I didn't go through special teams. We got Shane Leckler. Steven Gotkowski, Justin Tucker, Tyreek Hill, Darren Sproles, Devin Hester, Cordell Patterson. Oh, that's the only bear. Gotta go yeah. through special teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin Hester, of course. Yeah, who else would it be? I guess if you want to call Khalil Mack and uh, Julius Pepper. I guess Julius Peppers was a Julius bear. Julius Peppers for was a bear for, for a good chunk of that decade, yeah. He, Dog, I remember when we first got him. That, oh, like, man, I was so hyped. changed our defense. Like, literally, that year one of Julius Peppers, I'd never seen anything like it. He was so good. He was so good at football. Just athlete, dog. Just a, he was big, a crazy athlete. Just, just making big, plays. Big monster athlete, dog. It's like LeBron yeah, and he, James. And he was affecting plays all over the field. Like literally just making plays all over the field. Yeah, Jay Pep was a beast. Monster. Um few things on the <laughs> list, bro. You can't just have two quarterbacks and then have four yeah. running backs, four wide receivers. I guess you're trying to fill out, like, they're trying to mimic what a 52-man roster would be. I need more than two quarterbacks, especially yeah, sure. if you're going to give me two punt returners, two kick returners, yeah, two punters, two kick. Like, and, and and a flex. And a flex. Yeah, that, dude, that's my other point. A flex. Like Darren Sproles. This Darren Sproles, like, really wanted to put football? Darren Sproles on the list. They really wanted to put him on the list. Yeah, it's not fantasy football. This is not, and people, nobody's running out of flex. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. that kind of really rubbed me the wrong way. Like they really wanted to get there. That's a good point. They, 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 they really, really want to get him on there. Bro, there's no fucking flex. Last I checked, he was a running back. Last I I, last I checked, he was a running back. He could be a wide receiver, but he's neither one of the yeah. two. Great and, career, but I'm great, not putting him on any all, all decade team for I'm anybody. not putting that on all anything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Great football player. And I like and Dennis Bros. Yeah. No, he's not on the all decade team. With, Not at with, all. with the rest of these names on here, right? So that's my other beef. I'm a, let me let me give you my top five, and then we could go through who got left off. Number one. So that was my big beef there. Let's go through my five. Number one, and I've said this from day one, as soon as I laid my eyes on him, number one player of the decade and the best quarterback I've ever seen in my own two eyes, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the player of the decade? He's my number one player of the decade. That, wow. I, okay. Overall, I mean, he won a Super Bowl in 2010. Right. I don't – well, l- l- let me let me put some context he's, on – He's played, he's played well, a bunch of them since well, then, well, right? let, well, let me give you some context on my five, right? The, the, the They're just my favorite players of the decade. 
Let's leave it there because obviously the answer. Okay, because that changes it. Because is it is it who was the best player of the no, decade? Well, because the best player of the, the decade is Tom Brady. Player of the decade. Yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers is the best. most talented yeah, player, right. but he's not better than Tom Brady. Right. I'm so sorry. like, I mean, the number one it's, is the answer. Yeah. The only, there's only one answer. It's Tom Brady, right? It's okay. Tom Brady. Like, yeah, why why that, do we do right? this? So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There's no discussion. Right? So let me put some context on it. It's my favorite five players of the decade because there's there's another player on the list here that's definitely not number four. But he's my favorite player of the decade. One of my favorite players of the decade. So, number one, my favorite player of the decade, without question, is Aaron Rodgers. He does things, and he did things this past decade that I've never seen. And, I mean, even with Mahomes coming in the fold, and I've never seen no-look passes and that type of shit, I still haven't seen some of the throws on caliber with some of the throws I saw from Aaron Rodgers. And like I t- And like we talk about all the time, the ball just comes out of his hand different. Or did, like, in early, in, like, 2010, 2011, still, the ball just came out of his <laughs> hand different. For sure. Looked different. It, it, it was like a heat seeker, bro. It was just different, right? So, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Number two, I still think people don't even appreciate this man like they should. He was on your list as well. AD, we used to call him Purple Jesus. Oh, my God. Adrian Peterson. I, I Major think, problem. I think we're, at least I'll speak for myself, I think my list is a little slanted to the NFC North because I saw these guys so much. Sure. But this guy, Adrian Peterson, was almost unstoppable. Never wanted to see him. And he wasn't <laughs> like an elusive guy, but he had a, he, he, he had enough shake. He was the perfect mix of shake and power, and he used both whenever he needed to. Yeah. Adrian Peterson is one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Hands down. Without he, he, question. If I was building a running back outside of like the catching stuff, um, if I was building a hey, running back to cannot, give the ball to 25 catch times. A, cannot catch anything. Yeah, but didn't matter. Didn't matter. He was getting, he was getting seven yards of carry. It didn't matter. I mean, Adrian Peterson, you're, you hit it right on the head. Perfect combination of size and speed. He was huge, first off. He was like 6'1", 200-something pounds. He was fast as shit. He'd run through you. He'd run around you. He'd run into you. It did not matter. Like, Adrian Peterson was a monster. Tore up his ACL and came back and rushed for 2,000 yards. Stop it. Like, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, Adrian first Peterson year, was a major problem, no, dude. First and year, it's still in the league, Tone Rock. Still in the league, Tone Rock. <laughs> He's still in the league, Tone Rock. So, yeah, like, Adrian, people must have forgot. He had the yeah. weird shit with, like, the beating his kids. And yeah, I think that kind of puts him off a little bit. And he got hurt. But, yeah, go back and watch old Adrian Peterson games. You couldn't do nothing with him. Adrian Peterson. It's always those guys you couldn't do nothing with. You can't not do anything with him. His rookie year, he only started nine games, played in 14, and went for 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns in his rookie year. Sophomore season went for 17, 60, 10 touchdowns. I know these numbers seem crazy because they don't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, this is real. This is real. Second year in the league had 363 rushings, rush, rush attempts, 1,760 yards, 10 touchdowns. Next year, 1,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. 1,412 touchdowns was like every year. He blows out his knee in 2011, comes back, and mind you, he came back. It was like some crazy, like he played in 12 games that year he blew out his ACL. Meaning he yeah. didn't get surgery on his, his shit till like week third. It wasn't like he blew it off in the first he week. He wasn't of the season. supposed to come back. He fucked up ACL injuries for everybody for the rest of the world because everybody was like, "Oh, you can come back as fast as Adrian Peterson." It's like, nah, bro, you can't. Listen to me. The next year, 
He that he had three hundred and forty eight rushes. You, you know how you said he he came back and ran, ran for two thousand yards. Yeah, it was twenty one hundred. Yeah, it was twenty. Every, it was twenty nine to seven. Carry. Six yards a carry. One hundred thirty one yards a game. One hundred thirty one yards a game. You know how crazy that is. Come on, dog. Like stop playing. Any played sixteen. Bro, stop playing. With <laughs> coming off of ACL. So like fourteen thousand yards in his career. Adrian Peterson is an absolute monster, dog. Ad all day. Purple Jesus. In two thousand and eighteen, he rushed for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. In two thousand and eighteen, remember we were just talking last week. Hey, was in, it last week hey, or two weeks ago? We were talking silence. about running back carries. Like the carries kill you. Who were we talking about? Had all those carries. Uh, never Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, right? But you look at Adrian Peterson, he's had multiple 300 carry seasons, uh, high 200 carry seasons, and still coming back and having ran 1,000 yard seasons in 2018 when he's 33 years old. So, yeah, he's at a freak age, of nature. At age 30, he had 327 carries, 1,485 Dude. yards, 11 touchdowns. And, and La- when he was 30 years old in Minnesota. Last year, he rushed for 900 yards and had 4.3 yards of carry, which is certainly better than any Bears player. So, so I don't want to hear this it. guy. Like people, for, <laughs> people forget, and I hope that reminds you. Adrian Peterson, AD, was a monster. All right, major problem. Let me move over to uh, number three, Calvin Johnson, Tron, Megatron, Ooh, the Tron. Whoever, He's whatever an, you want to call him. Go ahead. Another guy I had to leave out because he didn't play the whole decade. I don't care about that shit. <laughs> I, and like I said, it, it leaned it leaned more towards you know the NFC North just because we saw these guys every day. But when hey, put it like this: he didn't play in the whole decade, but when he did, he made the Pro Bowl every year. Oh, he was awesome. Twenty ten through twenty fifteen, made the Pro Bowl, was All Pro three of those uh, five years, six years. In 2011, 2012, he went for sixteen hundred and eighty yards. Then he went for 1964. That's a question. Is that like how ridiculous is that? And I'm looking at the same numbers you are. So that year he went 122 receptions for 1,964. I was only have five touchdowns. I have no idea. Was was Stafford drunk? I I don't know. Was that the year they took one from him in Chicago? It should be six, probably. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, you should have had six in that joint. (laughs) Um, I I don't know if that's the year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it? It's like that that same thing that happened with Julio the other year. Yeah, he went yeah. berserk and he had like yeah, like two he had like three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> so some crazy crazy number, but yeah, Megatron was ridiculous. Um, I remember when he signed that big deal and he said he was about to go straight to the Lamborghini dealership. Uh, I loved Megatron. He was, <laughs> he was. You remember that? No, I don't remember him either. That doesn't even sound. That doesn't even sound oh, like. Oh, bro, he tweeted something. What did he tweet? Hold on, I'm about to look it up right now. He tweeted like he was going straight to the, the. I'm about to wake up and go straight to the Lamborghini. Hold on. Well, the, remember, remember he retired. And they tried to get petty with his money too. The the Lions were trying to get real petty with his signing bonus and everything, and try to take all of his money back from it. It was like a whole big deal. Which is why he still hasn't come back to the Lions and you know been like one of those you know Ring of Honor type dudes. Because I think they tried to take his signing bonus back, which he ended up giving back, but it was like one of those point of contention type things. So you know, but obviously that that's par for the course for the Detroit Lions. They ran Barry Sanders out of town too. Crazy that Megatron played in only two playoff games his entire career. It's a tragedy. Two playoff games. It's a tragedy. 
is what it is. Like, there's nothing yeah. else to say about it. Like, yeah, Calvin Johnson signed that hundred thirty-two million dollar deal. That was that was the biggest deal for a wide receiver of all time. He had two hundred and four targets in two thousand twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's over ten targets. That's like thirteen targets a game. That's Fourteen just, targets a game. I'm, that's that's crazy. crazy. That's like the only person that's, I'm looking at. It's the only person that you're throwing the ball to. Absolutely. Yeah, All he's right. A, he's a problem. We'll move off of uh, number three. Number four. This might you might find this pretty interesting, but number four, I have Cam Chancellor on the list. Wow. Bam, bam, Cam. One of my favorite players of the decade, without question. And I don't. I think he was the, in my opinion, he was the more. The, he was the biggest reason. For that Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom squad to have the the, the that unit to have the success that it did, I well, think did, Cam Chancellor is the heart of all that. Didn't their think, whole shit flip that year? They didn't pay him, and he came back. Well, when they were having did like he, the big contract issues, and yeah, he held course. out, right? He held yeah. out for four or five games, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He yeah he was talking he was gonna skip the whole season but he ended up coming back or something like that yeah he um, came he came back and they, their whole defense like completely turned around once he got back he was the heart and soul of that D across the board and I think obviously Bobby Wagner monster he's on the list like he's a, one of the best linebackers of the decade without question Earl still Thomas playing. Earl Thomas still playing one of the best safeties of the decade without question Richard Sherman one of the best corners without question of the decade. I, I would leave Richard Sherman. I, I think he affected him the least. But, like, Earl Thomas is a monster. But, man, did he benefit from how from how much of a problem Cam Chancellor was. For sure. And that was kind of towards when this was before the league started getting crazy, crazy on people coming over the middle and hits and stuff like that. Cam Chancellor was the absolute sheriff on the field anytime he was on it. He was like Rodney Harrison. Yo, he, shout he, out Rodney Harrison. Shout out Rodney Harrison. He's in he's comp- people forget <laughs> legend. People think about him on NBC like on Sunday nope. night football. That dude was a problem. He's the most fined player in the history of the NFL. Oh my god, Rodney Harrison. I think, I think Rodney Harrison's got like a quarter million fines. Like so don't forget about Rodney Harrison. Your boy <laughs> Major don't let that hard hitter. Don't let that uh <laughs> don't let that clean hey. cut and that suit Sunday night fool you. That boy was a Yeah, beast. R- Rodney Harrison a lay your ass out. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, right? I'm so, I've seen it, yeah. yeah. So I think Cam Chancellor had a massive effect on how much success Earl Th- Earl Thomas had, and I mean, obviously, you know, you know how it goes. The defense works in levels, but he was just—I thought he was the heart and soul of that unit, and they were as good and only as good when he was at his top dog. So Cam Chancellor for me was one of my favorite players of the decade. He wasn't on like the it. list; he wasn't on the snub list, but Cam Chancellor was a monster. I'm gonna like close it. it out. Number five, Antonio Brown, AB. Always booming. Always booming. Damn, so you put two receivers in front of Larry Fitz. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Oh, Uh, my God. It is tough to do that because A.B. doesn't have a ring. Listen, man. And Larry Fitzgerald doesn't have a ring. Calvin uh, Calvin Johnson doesn't have a ring. But Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, yo, listen, if you you flip Antonio (sighs) Brown and Larry Fitzgerald with Ben Roethlisberger, like, he has monster. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I I can just already see people forgetting about Antonio Brown. 
<laughs> and I, I it, it's truly remarkable the stretch that he's put together since 2010. 2010 was his first was was his first year in the league. I mean, go look at the numbers from 2013 to 2018. Everything is 1,300 yards plus. Everything is eight touchdowns plus. All pro every year. Pro bowler every year. He was different. He is still different if he can get back in the league. Yeah, get him a job. I've got one thing to say to you, and I'm just going to give you this, okay? Yeah. 30 receptions, 546 yards, seven touchdowns, 137 receiving yards per game. That's Larry Fitzgerald's 2008 playoff run. The playoff run was crazy. Four games. Four games. You said that was 2008, though. 30 receptions. You said 2008. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, true, true, true. I but, yeah, I mean, listen. But Larry, I just, I just feel like when Larry Fitzgerald walks away from the game, we won't remember that playoff run. I know you remember that playoff run. I'll say it right now. From a non-quarterback, it might be the best playoff run I've ever seen in my entire life. It was – he was – and he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable and unconscious. <laughs> Seven touchdowns in the playoffs. Seven what, touchdowns. That's a great a, year. <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, right. We just went over Calvin Johnson having 2,000 yards receiving and five touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns in four games. 18 yards per reception he had in that playoff run. On the biggest stage. Oh, my God. And they made, they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and they almost won. And they probably should have won. Honestly. Without San Antonio, they win that. San Antonio, San Antonio makes a stupid catch. San Antonio spazzed. They they uh Harrison returned that that uh that you pick still owe me before, money. The pick before the half. Gee, you still owe me money. I, we nah, even nah, we won't even we're never gonna even talk about this we, ever again. That, but I will that. say that, that that's the best playoff. I've never thirty receptions, five hundred and forty six yards, seven touchdowns, hundred and thirty seven yards a game. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> he ridiculous. caught he caught seventy one percent of balls that were thrown to him that playoff run. Yards oh, yeah. per target, 13 yards per target. So even thinking about uh, fucking Larry Fitzgerald got you a first down in that playoff series. Yo, I mean. But yeah, no, I feel whole, yeah, you're right. You're AB's, right. It didn't happen AB's whole yeah. career, he's never had short of 10 yards of reception. That's in his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why AB. I, I wasn't thinking the 2000. Yeah, I need to think about that with the decade shit. AB definitely. I just, I, I just love Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he might AB be one of my favorite football players year. of all time. Yeah, yeah, no, Larry Fitz is a monster, no doubt. He's a, so, he's, he's, a, he's a major problem. Free Larry Fitz. AB man. had 15 touchdowns last year. Get Larry Fitz to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real tough. <laughs> two, two seasons ago, when he played a full season, AB had 15 tutties. Hey, you know what they say, man. The Bentley goes, the Brokos. Oh, the Bentley, the Bentley stays, <laughs> Bentley the Brokos stays, go. The Brokos go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know me. You know I love the dudes that be talking shit and back it up on the field. Yeah, so, Larry doesn't say shit. Never. Never. Never says anything. Big Larry Fitz guy. Yo, how many, uh, how many, you know what? Tell me, you you still have Larry Fitz's stuff pulled up? I got it all up right how here. Many, yeah. uh, how many fumbles in his career? Probably like three. I I don't I can't recall him ever. He has thirteen, but 13. he's also he's played in the league for fucking sixteen years. Yeah. So yeah. So AB has fifteen. Larry, Larry Fitzgerald's career, yeah, one thousand four thirteen seventy eight receptions, seventeen thousand yards, one hundred twenty touchdowns, 
and he's played with the same franchise since he was 21 years old. Yeah, monster. AB. He's a monster, dude. AB played one quarter with the Patriots and going for 14 yards of catch and a touchdown. Yeah, real talk, yeah. <laughs> the, AB, the AB the Patriots might have been. Hey, Tom Brady might still be in Foxborough if AB has stayed around. Yo. That's Will whole, he get work this year? That's a whole that's other a question. Yeah, he's six gonna, months yeah. ago, we said that he's not getting work. I feel like he's getting work. He's gonna get that shit in Tampa. What fuck you talking about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, think, yeah I think so too. He's, get, dude. he's like, hey, I'm right up the street. I'm in Miami. Bruce, yeah, yo, <laughs> yo, come through. Yeah, Bruce Arians too. Yeah, Bruce Arians doesn't give a fuck. Bruce would be the guy to put him on a squad. Yeah, hundred percent. Bruce on the shit like he would hit. Probably he probably already hit AB. Like, stay ready. They would have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and fucking uh, uh, AB. Yeah, that, Tom, that's I, the, Tom putting up video game numbers. That's the only reason that he wouldn't go there is because they're already flush, and they, yeah. maybe they don't need another another skill player on, on at the wide receiver position. That's the only reason he might or not go no, there. it gets him a lot of single teams. Oh my god, dude! Mark Evans on yeah. the Evans on the you can't AB single team slot. Mike Evans. He's like six six, so you got to put two Come on Mike on, Evans. Dog. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, right? they have some major problems, and Godwin's a burner. Like, yeah, they got they'd have some problems, dude. And Evans, yo, he's probably underappreciated. Is that too. his name, Godwin? Chris yeah, something. Another yeah, receiver Godwin. from over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's nice, real nice. Yeah, he uh. Yo, shout out Mike Evans. He's been doing this since Texas A&M. Since Texas Big A&M. That, that shout was Johnny, Johnny Football. guy. Yeah, like, yeah, that was Johnny Football's guy. Yeah, like Mike Evans been a monster. Yeah, he's, he's nice. So, yeah, I got respect for Mike Evans. He's a beast. So, but, uh, but yeah, those are my five, and um, I'm sticking to it. But let's talk All about right. – let's talk about – so, like, my big griping thing was – you got two quarterbacks on there, and you have also two kick return, two punt return. Like, come on, stop it, right? Yeah. Drew, I I don't care what you have to do. Hey, if you had to put Drew Brees at the flex, he has to be on the on the list. Obviously, he should have been on the quarterback list, and you you're putting flexes also. I don't care what you had to do to get Drew Brees on the list; he has to be on the list. That that was my big thing, yeah. It's I mean, like there's just no it, there's absolutely no reason for it. Nine Pro Bowls, uh, an offensive player of the year, six playoff appearances. He threw for five thousand yards four times. Yeah, crazy numbers. Still five, putting up crazy numbers. Five thousand yards four times. Four times. He in the same decade he had the most consecutive uh games with a well with a touchdown for forty eight in a row. To break yep. Unitas's record, he broke the all-time touchdown number and the yard number, and he's not on the all-decade list. This all happened this decade. It's impossible to not put him on the list. I don't care what you have to do. If you have to make up a position, he he has to be on the list. There's there's no other way to put it. You need a third quarterback, man. It's hard. It's hard to really say. There's only two quarterbacks that matter this decade. So yeah, you need a third quarterback. Especially when you have two kick returners. And especially when you have a flex. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, so like, there you go. So he, Drew Brees has to be on there. I know he didn't win the Super Bowl. He won in what, 08? Uh, was that 08? Yeah. 08 or 09? New, I, yeah, I was in New Orleans. Wow, really? I'm pretty sure I was in New Orleans. That was, was that the year? Yeah, I'm almost positive I was in New Orleans. I can't remember though, man. I was down there for Mardi Gras. Maybe I wasn't because I feel like I would remember the you, Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to remember that. No, yeah. And Maybe, yeah. And just to put that in, Brady, or Breeze threw for 5,000 yards four times in the decade. 
Tom Brady's only done that once in his career. So, like, l- l- just to put that in perspective for you. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. Drew Brees only won that once in his career. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> throwing for 5,000 yards ain't nothing to sneeze at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 100%. I love, dude, I, I, love, I love Drew Brees. That, was, but, that, that used to be seen as, like, an unattainable number, 5,000 yards. As long as we both agree that the conversation starts and ends with Tom Brady, I just don't want to hear you know anybody else try to throw another quarterback I mean, in there as soon as he's a Pro Bowler every single year, and he has and he's won the most rings. It's not even a discussion. Yeah, not even a discussion. He's on all the decade teams, two thousands. 2000 to 2000, yeah, 2000, 2010, 2010, 2020. Tom Brady's in the 90s season. He's on 2030 season. So that's my biggest beef, man. Some of these other snubs are pretty interesting. AJ Green. Yeah. uh, Cursed with no real quarterback. Um, Who? AJ Green. Oh, AJ Green. Yeah, yeah. The um, Red Rocket. He had better quarterbacks than, than fucking Fitz- Larry Fitzgerald. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Did he? Dude, go Did back he? to some of those. Squ- Yo, Did go he? back to see who they were starting at quarterback between Warner and Palmer. Are you kidding me? Max Skelton, bro. Max <laughs> Skelton was getting minutes. Ke- Remember they tried to tell us that Kevin Cobb was a good quarterback? Kevin Cobb. Stop playing these games with oh, me. I don't want to hear Kevin Cobb got paid. Kevin Cobb was getting numbers over there. Oh, yeah. my God. I can't yeah, believe he was, you he was, said his name. He, he, was, he was playing with fucking bums. He was playing with guys that are literally fucking, yeah. Fucking, wow. Kevin Cobb yeah. still counting that bread up. Yeah, 100%. He got, wow. a huge, he, got, he, got a, he got a crazy bag. Off that Philly year. That was an Andy Reid special. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Cobb. That was, that, wow. that was the Andy Reid special, yeah. Kevin Cobb got wow. money on it. Max Skelton. There were some bad quarterbacks that he had playing for him. I always Max Skelton always sticks out, but there were some guys unruly. Guys who could barely start for their college <laughs> unruly. team. <laughs> unruly. Unruly quarterbacking, man. Um, T Sizzle, Terrell Suggs. Oh, he was on the list? He's not on the list. Oh, he, that's wild. He Maybe had, his decade I mean, was the prior decade. He had so many crazy years a decade prior. I, and he was I know someone with, at ASU that was in summer school one year. They told me they looked over to the left and Terrell Suggs was in their class and that was the biggest human being they ever seen in their life. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. T-Sizzle. <laughs> and probably the scariest. Yo, T-Sizzle is one of the most goofy looking dudes I've ever seen. He's 6'3", 270. He just looks like he's, yeah, he's he's there to fuck you it's up. Like, it like fits into his character though. Like, Look, his middle, name is, his middle name is Raymond. Terrell Raymond. No way. R A Y M O N N. Terrell Raymond Suggs. Raymond Suggs. Wow. Yeah. That that fits perfectly. T Sizzle, 100%, bro. Don't fuck with that, man. (laughs) Wait, so Sizzle was on that roster for the Chiefs. Yeah? He got a ring. Yeah, he got a ring. Yeah, he got a ring. Yeah, Yeah, he got another one. He got a couple. He's a Sun Devil, Jerry. Yeah, shout out, dude. What a career Suggs has put together. Great career, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a career. What a career, dude. So Great good. career, man. Shout out to him, man. I hope he got his money and, you know, he took care of his chicken. Yo, remember when T Sizzle blew his blew his Achilles out playing ball and then went to practice it, and said he blew it out of practice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T Sizzle, dog, legend. T Sizzle is a legend, bro. A son Popped his shit playing pickup was like, oh, yeah, fuck, I gotta, I fuck, fuck. They go and practice and get hurt real Yo, quick. Yo, let me go to practice and get hurt real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh. 
why it's so smart. Um, Demarcus Ware's not on the list. He had a great decade. Yeah. For the Cowboys, they never won anything. I thought Wynn, I hey, thought it was surprising. But that he Wynn did win the Super. The hey, he won a Super Bowl in Denver. Did oh yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. It was Demarcus Ware yeah. and uh, and uh, my Yeah. So that was uh that's a snub on the list. Um, some other snubs on here on the list. I don't know how I feel about these. T.Y. Hilton, great wide receiver. I don't know. T.Y. Hilton is not a snub. Yeah. There's other receivers I throw. I throw DeAndre Hopkins, even though he hasn't been in as long, over T.Y. I'd throw uh, whoever we were just talking about, A.J. Green, over T.Y. Like, T.Y. is fine. What about De- Dez or T.Y.? Ooh. Dez brought, ooh. Um... Ooh, I'll take Des. I'll take Prime Des. Yeah, Prime Des. Well, Prime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime Des. Yeah, Des's Des's best is better than Ty's all, best. His All Pro Des when he was an All Pro was he was dude when Romo yeah. was like looking for him he was unstoppable. Look, dog. Des uh, in 2014, 88 reception, 1300 yards, 16 touchdowns. Yeah, I'll take that. He had a, he had a great three year run, and then outside of that, I mean, he didn't. You know, put yeah. the X up. Yeah, like Des. Yeah, love Des. I always, man, I always. Was just so sure he was gonna get back in the league, and he it's it, it was just never. Remember he happen. did. He he came back to the Saints, and then he uh, blew out his knee in pra- or his Achilles in practice. Remember that right. was last year. Yeah, yeah last it year. was for like yeah. a day. Yeah, literally blew it out like they signed I forgot him, about that. It, I it, forgot that about that. Two seasons ago. Yep. And that was okay. It. I got a question for you on this. I know Travis Kelsey's had a crazy, crazy, crazy decade, and he might have been priced out here. Because uh, he retired late and then came back last year, but Jason Witten—that's what—that's what I said. Yeah, I just said Jason Witten might have been snubbed. Man, that's a—he had a great decade. Pull him up, and that's—I got his numbers right here. So that—and that's why I would say, yeah. So Witten, if you look at 2010 to 2020, so 94 for a thousand, 79 for a thousand, 110 for a thousand, 73 for 964 for 700, 77 for 700, 70 for 600, 63 for 600. And last year, he even had 530 receiving yards. So but the problem is he's going career. against Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, though. Yeah, right? that's yeah, and Travis. That's what I'm saying. So the only thing with Kelsey is he's been around for ten full years to have those kind of numbers. He hasn't the whole decade. Um, that's why this decade thing kind of kills me. I guess. Damn, Kelsey came into the league yeah, in 2013. Like, yeah, 2013. Yeah, so he's been his last Travis years. Kelsey's last four years have just been stupid. Crazy. He's putting up receiver numbers. Yeah. 97 receptions for 1,200, 103 for 1,300, 83 for 1,000, and 85 for 1,100. Yeah, those are great numbers. 13 yards of reception as a, as a tight end is fucking crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Those are great numbers. Yeah. So, no, it's tough to be. And then Gronk speaks for himself. I mean, Tom yeah. Brady. Tom Brady needed an open man to catch anything. Tom uh, Rob Gronkowski was available. Gronk, wide receivers included, have some <laughs> had some of the best hands I've ever seen. Great hands. The Super Bowl. His last, that, that, that catch down the sideline of the Super Bowl is one of the biggest catches I've ever seen in professional sports against the Rams. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? The one that set up oh, the yeah, touchdown. It was like a wheel. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's one of the biggest ca- it, It's the most Gronk thing ever. Brady needed to throw it up to somebody, and Gronk just happened to be there open. So, yeah. Gronk had amazing hands. So, Playmaker. yeah. I mean, Gronk was... Uh, for as much as for as much clowning around he did and talk shit and and he was always working. He just had he a was, good time. He was I always said. in shape and he was always putting up numbers. So you can't say shit to man. He was available. Absolutely. Um, but that's it. That's about it. I think overall the list is locked in. But man, I would uh, I would Drew Brees. You, I don't care what you have to do. He has to be on the list. 
has to be on the list. If you have to like you if you have to take off LaShawn McCoy, if you have to take off um who else you, I mean like like you said, a whole bunch of people can come off before before Drew Brees gets left off. Yeah, there's a few there's a few heads that can come off before Drew Brees for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, he's gotta be on. So uh but that was it, man. It was fun to uh to go back and, and, and think about those squads. I was looking at like the last ten that decade Super Bowl champions. Started with Aaron Rodgers, ended with Mahomes, and there was a lot of Patriots and shit in between. A lot of, a lot of Brady in between. A lot of Brady in between. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh it was cool to look at the list and uh I enjoy what they did. One of the things that's been entertaining me all these quarantine, we talked a little bit about the Tory Lane shit. But some of these IG lives have been getting crazy. So I don't know. Have you seen this? Like some of these producer battles? I, you know what I've seen? No. Everybody going live. Everybody live. Your, every whole, day. your whole story section is half <laughs> people are live. Yeah. You can't even get to a story because it's all Everybody people going live. live. People got time on their hands. You get to see how people are actually really living out here. But anyways, a lot of producers, like uh, rappers, stuff like that, have been doing these little battles where, like, for instance, you're a producer, I'm a producer. We gonna hop on live and we're gonna go track for track and see who's the best. So yeah, I peeped some of them. Yeah, Timbaland and Pharrell did one which I missed. I need to go back and watch that because that's like top level shit. Um, the other day I watched Lil John and T Pain, which was hilarious. I know Scott Storch and Maddie Fresh did one, um, but man, I just want to talk to you and see: Have you been watching any of them? What do you think about them? And who do you really want to see in a battle if you could pick? The one I did, uh, first off, I enjoy any behind-the-scenes type raw access to these guys like that I'm fans of that I can get. Like so, something that's not, like, choreographed? Right. Something, that, something yeah. that's not done by Coca-Cola. And, like, it's done at the <laughs> yeah. crib, and I can see how they actually act and how they move. And you just see how regular these guys are, right? Right, right. So the only one that I watched all the way through was Scott Starch, Manny Fresh. Oh, that's awesome. And it reminded me of the days of how big some of these producers were. For sure. Like, Scott Storch was bigger than, like, 75% of the rappers that he was working with. 100%. Like, if it was like, this is a Scott Storch beat, like, you just listen to it. It was like, you know how you come across new music and such such and such and such and such is on? Like, right now, Drake is on it. I'm listening to it. Like, if Scott Storch produced it, it had to be hot. Had to be high. Like that was just what it was. Like it was like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I appreciated the the Manny Fresh and the Scott Stars joint. But, but he does, but you know the crazy shit about that one is he still doesn't have shit on Manny Fresh. Well, you see you, you okay. No, well, right. no, 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 listen. Well, what I, no, well, he doesn't, of course. They're just yeah. they have a lot their style is very different. And it showed it showed like how much their style was different, in my opinion. It might have been right. some of the stuff that Manny picked to play. If you go through Scott Storch's catalog, it's massive hits. It's crazy, yeah. It's absolutely. like massive, massive, massive hits. And while Manny does have some big hits, he stayed closer to the chest and more, I guess, true to himself and his style and that down south Louisiana sound. He played a lot of like old school uh cash money. He, he ended it with school. back that ass up, right? Which right. is a fucking that's a knockout punch. Yeah, I mean like he ended it with like but but he played a bunch of old juvenile beats like, and old bling, BG bling. Yeah. and like shit that you weren't really big big hits, but the the style was so unique. Manny Fresh was ahead of his time light years. Way ahead of his time. 
So, yeah, I appreciated that one. That was the only one I saw off the top. But I love when that's cool that they would just hop on there and collab and smoke something and just chill out and play some of their tracks. Like, it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's something for everybody to hang out and do. Absolutely. I watched the, uh, so my girl and I, we watched Lil Jon versus T-Pain the other day. And it's almost like kind of like the same thing where it's like they got completely different styles when it comes to hopping on a track. But it also takes you back and you realize like, yo, first off, Lil Jon has been having bangers for 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. T-Pain has hopped on so many different tracks and has been a part of so many different remixes and, uh, and crazy shit like that. And the cool thing that T-Pain did is he was actually making like, so like when it was his turn to play a song, like he would remix it. So like he was remixing his old lyrics, like into like sicko mode and shit like that, making the shit sound like super dope. Whereas like Lil John was just playing like straight tracks. Um, but you know they they went at it for like two hours. Like I thought the shit was great. Um, Dude, I think in the me, end we let both. Let me talk to you about Scott Starts. Nineteen ninety nine, he did Still Dre. Before that, he was the Roots people. Uh, he was the Roots piano player. Well, yeah, I did. Wait, what? He was the piano player for the Roots. Yeah. Scott Storch is the piano player for the Roots, bro. He's from Philly. Stop playing. Whoa, I didn't you know didn't know that. that? No. Yeah. What? And before, like, prior to like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, Scott Storch, he played. If you don't worry about what I've been a who, that's a Scott Storch situation. Wow. Uh, you're trick, yeah. Scott Storch was the Roots piano player. Don't you remember when Timbaland dissed him? And he goes, you just a piano man. You don't remember that shit? <laughs> That's what I, he was talking about. I can you remember that song? That when though. you see us in the club, baby, acting so nice. Oh, it yeah. not hurt nobody. That is a Scott Storch diss from Timberland. He goes, I get a... Uh, uh, you get, you go, what is that? You get a couple thousand for your beats. I get a hundred grand. And that's, he's ditching Scott Storch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He said, are you just a piano man? Um, but Scott Storch is a keyboard player. Like, he was the Roots pianist. Like, oh. Scott Storch has been around, bro. That's why all of his beats had piano shit. Like, I got a lot of loot, but I ain't looking for a lady. Yeah. yeah. That's, but, yeah, that's Scott listen, Storch playing the piano. Listen to some of these Scott Storch beats. Uh, Baby Boy, Beyonce, Clapback, Ja Rule, popping them things. We be popping them things. No, 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 no. I mean, we go through. Yeah. yeah. That's 2003. Me, myself, and I, Beyonce. Me, myself, and I. Like, yeah. And he was so versatile, right? Listen to some of these. Lean Back. Come on, dog. That's a massive track. The Champ is here featuring Jadakus, one of the most underrated rappers of all time, without question. Oh, my God. Al Qaeda Jada, yeah. Listen Stop to it. this 2005. This is, uh, he essentially produced the whole 50 Cent album, Candy Shop, just a little bit. Uh, get It Poppin', uh, Turn It Up by Chameleon Air. Run It, Lighters Up. 2006, Make It Rain. Man, what? He had so yeah, many. Make tracks. it rain was make it rain was his shit. Yeah. Stork. Bro, he had tracks. He was Crazy great. Track list. But yeah, man. Manny Fresh. But Manny Fresh had some hits you didn't even know. Manny Fresh did top back. I like my beat. Down yeah, low, low, down low. Low. I knew, that was like Manny joint, dog. I actually <laughs> knew I actually knew Manny Fresh did that, and I was shocked at the time I heard it, like way back in Man, the day. Manny that's, Fresh did big shit popping and little shit. That's a Manny Fresh joint. <laughs> big shit he did, he did front, back, and side to side. That's a Manny Fresh joint. I'm just going through joints right now. Manny Fresh had joints, bro. Top Back is Stop probably T.I.'s best, best song. Top, top Back, oh my God. And the remix oh with Jeezy God, and all them? Crazy. And fucking Dro. 
Dro, my truck gonna break, break the, the damn, damn law. law. <laughs> I ride through the hood with eights of damn raw. He goes, no, nah, this ain't a movie, but I shot four brothers. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Dro? I don't know, but Dro had bangers, dog. Wow. Yeah, Although, no. Yeah. So, shout out. No, but those dudes were dope. And then, like, the Lil John and T-Pain shit the other night was, was crazy. That. I bet you T-Pain you gotta catch that one. crazy joints. T-Pain had some bangers, bro. You just remember how much shit he had. Like, and then going up, down, like, all that shit. T-Pain had bangers. I saw somebody tweeted, uh, T-Pain didn't need auto-tune. Auto-tune needed T-Pain. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. So, listen. That shit had me start to thinking about, like, who do I really want to see, right? So I know Pharrell and Timberland did it, which I need to go back and watch that because I know that that's just crazy. But I think you need to do the Pharrell and Timberland, but you need to throw Ye up in there. Oh, dude. Give me the give me the three-way live of Pharrell, Timberland, and Ye. Nah, give me, like, five just, hours. Just you probably give, need five to six hours. Just give me just give me <laughs> Kanye by himself. Really? Just give so me who Kanye. would you... Just give let me, me ask Kanye. This. Kanye can't share no lives with nobody. He would act... But, but let's just say he could, right? Who would you rather have Ye go up against, Pharrell or Timberland? Uh, Timberland, just because they, I, th- I feel like their their beats would battle better together, like versus really? each other. Yeah, the they Pharrell? were. Timberland shit was just so he had so many hard, deep bass joints. Yeah, and I feel like Kanye had a lot of those as well. Uh, Pharrell is a is, is it's a little lighter. It's different. No, They're Pharrell could throw on Pharrell could throw on grind and it might be game over, bro. I mean, that's one of the best beats of all time. <laughs> it's my one of the best beats of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Without question. Hip-hop beats? Grinding yeah. is one of the best beats of all time. Like, I, so can, I, had, I can only uh, imagine, like, uh, I can only imagine Pusher's face in the studio when that shit came on. He was like. Yeah, what is it? Dump, dump. Yeah, <laughs> and what? he's like, no, hold on, wait. Let me play this for you. Yeah, yeah. like, pff, I'm about to go nuts on this. Yeah that, yeah, that beat is crazy. So I had them three. I also said, give me, uh, listen to this. I'm, I'm going to tell a couple singers. Give me Usher versus Chris Brown. Now, I think Usher would win, but people would be surprised at how much heat Chris Brown could you bring. You mean tracks? Tracks. No, nah, dude. Chris Brown has, Chris Brown probably wins. You, you think Chris Brown eat, eating Usher? Yeah, maybe. Chris Brown no, got, Usher, Chris Usher's Brown got, got a lot Usher, of tracks. Usher's bro. got a 30-year catalog. Yeah, t- Chris Brown got... Chris Brown's thirty years old and got a twenty year catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, like yeah, I, that Chris Brown got a lot of hits too. The last one I went with was Beyonce versus Rihanna. I think we need this for the culture. Uh, Beyonce wins in the landslide. You got you think Beyonce's in the landslide? Yeah, landslide. See, Rihanna's got Rihanna's song. Rihanna's got some hard fucking songs. Rihanna's though, got dude. a lot of tracks. Rihanna's got some, and especially recently, like, that I feel like Rihanna's better have like, my money. My that's money, your, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pull it up, pull it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, Rihanna's shit fucking bang. That like, bitch would have my money is such a hard beat, bro, when that shit kicks in. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, and it fits, it just fits her whole swagger. Her so, whole so swagger, tough. yeah. Rihanna's bad, bro. I, I don't know. I love Beyonce. Beyonce's the queen, but Rihanna might fucking throw some tracks on and be like oh shit yeah uh, he actually might have a point but it, i think yeah. Beyonce wins but yeah man, that uh it's dope i love how everybody's collabing and putting out stuff on a live i know virgil yeah, was think, on live today uh, talking about uh, something i don't know but everybody's they, should have the Vir- they, sh- they should have virgil versus uh fucking uh i don't even know tommy hilfiger some or some shit i don't know some design type <laughs> shit old first dude yeah you know so have ralph have ralph lauren yeah. come down be like it's ralph versus virgil 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 versus kanye or some shit would be virgil crazy. versus kanye not nah, virgil nah kanye would get destroyed mm. i feel mm. like kanye learned from virgil 
I guess Vir- Kanye kind of put Virgil. I don't know. Yeah, man. he definitely put him on. He put him on, but sure. Virgil was Virgil was the creative force behind a lot of that shit. Absolutely. He just needed he just needed someone to put him on, and Kanye was there to put him on. So, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. Um, we can skip Trump because we don't have to talk about that shit. Um, huh? that boy's a clown though. And and and, and he so, troll so and, and he trolls people on purpose, which is Dog, his, tw- his, his Twitter is incredible. He tweets like me and you. Yeah, he tweets like crazy. You see some shit he, he tweets about. No, it. and he just and he tweets in all caps and shit. Like he's it's just yeah, like he's, he has, it's just no professionalism. He's not, none of that. He's just a regular sad exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the he's a regular guy that's the president with a lot of money. Like that's like really the only way to put it. Yeah, he's he's a wild bro. Yeah, he's a wild bro. Unfortunately, he's a president during a time where we really need a good president, but we won't touch that. Let's close out the show. Chicago only talk. The Chicago Bulls are looking for a new front office, new leadership to lead the Chicago Bulls and get them out of the place that they are now, which is the bottom of the league and the bottom of the East. Big talking point is. It's now public knowledge, Ronsdorf has made it public that he's looking for someone to run the front office, and he even put a list of his top candidates together, which leaked, which is, I'll get into it in a second, but long story short, a list has come out, and Paxson is, I don't even want to call it a hot seat, but it looks like he's going to be replaced and stripped of a lot of his power, if not removed altogether, right? Yep. Couple things I'm gonna I want to jump right into, and we're gonna play some audio from uh from Casey Johnson. A lot of the Bulls fans, including myself, and we'll get your thoughts in a second, are afraid of us hiring someone for a front office position, for a president position, which Paxson is. And Paxton will still be around and influence decision-making. We don't want that. We want him gone, completely wiped clean, him and Gar, and have a new regime come in, right? Couple things. When has it ever, 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 ever in the history of life, forget about basketball, been kosher or practical to talk about someone getting replaced while they're still there and then having them like having an option to comment or like it being like up in the air. It's almost always Never. Black, black and white where, hey, you're fired. We're going to look for someone else. Not, hey, oh. we're going to look for someone else to do your job, but you just hang around. Like, well, and also, you you find a job for the guy you're replacing. Hey, we're going to fire this guy. We're going to get rid of him. But we also want you to find a, a job for him, right, in your organization. Like, but if you don't want him, maybe he'll quit. But, you know, hey, he, he still might be around because we really like him. Well, like, where, 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 what, what, where are we? Like, what is that? That's not That's how Chicago you shit, for but, you, man. But, but, the you whole thing is saying? the whole thing has been like this. Because at first it came out. Remember when they first announced it? So it was around. All-star break, right? They're like, the Bulls are going to make some changes in the front office. I've been saying all year, guard was going to be the scapegoat. We already knew that, right? But then it was like, hey, the Bulls are going to come out with some change in the front office, but John Paxson's still going to remain in place. So it's like, well, why would anybody ever take this job when John Paxson's still there, knowing that John Paxson's ultimately, even if they say he doesn't, will have final say. Now it's coming. Well, then earlier it came out that 
hey, John Paxson will take some other role in the organization, maybe be an advisor to the Reinsdorf family, and this person will have full decision in basketball, which to me still would be like, nah, I don't really want this guy around. Now it's coming out that John Paxson is willing to step down. I don't know if you saw this. Now he's willing to step yeah. down completely from the team and not be involved with the Bulls anymore. It's just, if I'm a candidate and I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, I really want to be a GM, I'm looking at Chicago Bulls saying, I don't know if this is it. It's a mess. I've now heard three different things about what it is they want to do with the guy who already has his job. And they're also telling me, hey, it's okay to fire Gar if you don't want to keep him as a scout. It's like, no, when you fire people, you fire people. It's like, hey, you're done. Thank you. You're we done. appreciate everything you've done. It's time to move on. Go do something else. You don't move them around. You definitely don't come out with a list. Have you ever heard of a team with a, with a, with a head coach say, hey, we have a head coaching list that yeah. we're going to fill? The people on the list are like, bro, you have a coach. Right. So like, what? Why? Why would I come and, over there? Like, what? Are you, what are you even talking about? Right. And when and, I come in for my interview, am I walking past Paxson's office with him sitting in there? Right. So like, this is this. Does is, he interview me? This, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> does he interview me? Like, does he? Yeah. Have, like, is, does he have input on this decision? Like, right. Are just, you guys gonna ask just, him what he thinks? This is like I I applaud because let, 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 let's get this straight. It took some obviously Reinsdorf. Younger Reinsdorf sat down and was like, all right, shit's not where I want it to be. I need to make a change. But it looks like he doesn't have the heart or maybe the permission from his pops to completely just fire passion in them, right? So, I mean, I will give him some love for realizing that, hey, we need to, this, these, these guys need to be replaced. Sure. But this is not how you go about it. And, yo, listen, not at all. I have a list of jobs I want too. I don't, I don't put that, like, so what? Like, I have a, you have a list of people that you want to come take the spot. Keep that to yourself and go contact them. Don't, like, no, not, so, like it sounds like a lot of these guys heard that they were on a list before anyone even said anything to them. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You hear about these guys turning it down. I'm like, were these guys interviewed, or did they just look at the situation and just say, "No, nah, I'm good." Right? Because you've already had a few guys be like, "No, nah, I don't want any part of this." But the fact that you're even opening that door for someone to be like, "No, nah, I'm good," is ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's it, you this, feel me? this. This is the organization. This is where we are. Like again, th this is another bot situation because no one knows what the hell is going on. So it, literally, when I read that they can decide what they want, John, pa the new person can come in and decide if they want Gar Packs around. That's crazy to me. That's and just that's, fire and, somebody. Yo, and that's fire it, somebody. It already makes the organization look bad. What do it you mean? Crazy. I, what do you mean? And, I can come in and do whatever. I, what? Well, and you can't compare it to the White Sox situation either because Rick Hahn was already in place. So when they moved Kenny upstairs, Rick Hahn was already in the organization. So they just bumped him up to be the GM, right? Like, And even that's kind of a clusterfuck because Kenny's still there and we know who's in charge of the White Sox, right? If you want to sign with the Chicago White Sox, you're talking to Kenny Williams. You're not talking to Rick Hahn. But that's even a different situation. You're talking about bringing in a new guy and essentially tell him the first thing you need to do is fire the old guy because I can't do it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And there's been three different stories as to what they want to do with this person. Either Pax stays on as a basketball guy, Pax is now in charge of the family, or Pax isn't involved at all. Which one is it? Why would you even show up for an interview? Why would you even talk to this team? A team whose perception of the team is already terrible amongst the league. And you know that. So it's like, hey, I need to rebuild this brand, the Chicago Bulls brand, while also fixing the team. We'll also figure out what to do with my predecessor.
What kind of shit is that? You ever interview for a job and they'd be like, all right, Sean, we really like you. This is John here. And you, what do you want to do with him? You're taking this job. You'd be like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So it, it, it's all a clusterfuck, man. This is the Chicago Bulls for you. We're going to lose out on good candidates because of this. We're going to get some jerk, jerk off who was fucking, you know, coordinating video for Rutgers basketball last year or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're going to get. Casey Johnson is uh old Tribune yep. Bulls guy now over Evanston at NBC. Native. Yeah, Evanston native. And now over at NBC Sports Chicago. Here were his thoughts on the Paxson situation and um, the uniqueness of looking for uh, a new a new front office candidate while Paxson is still around. Here's Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago. First of all, the person that they're hiring is going to be running basketball operations. I've I've reported this till I'm blue in the face, and I still get questions about it. John Paxson will take as small or as large of a role as this new hire wants. If this new hire wants John Paxson hanging out in the suite and just, you know, being Bulls legend, cool. If, if he wants to use John's institutional knowledge of the organization and the city and that kind of stuff, cool too. Gar, I think, is a little trickier. Gar is valued as a scout. That's what he's largely been doing since he took that backseat um, and he's no longer the public face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be given an opportunity by the Reinsdorfs to stay on as a scout. However, if whoever they hire comes in and says, you know what, that's just not happening. That's not working for me because of the history or what have you, then Gar's going to be looking for a job. Essentially, KC is saying what we just went over. Like he, the, the whole thing, it sounds like Casey's tired of people saying, hey, Paxson will do whatever he's told to do. He doesn't have to be around to run basketball operations or influence operations. If you want him to sit on courtside to be a Bulls legend or in the suite, he'll do that. He'll do whatever the, the, the next regime wants him to do, essentially. It almost like I said this to you before. It seems like he has something on the Reinsdorf where they they just can't get rid of him, but you, you blame it on loyalness. Yeah, I just think that's how he is, man. I mean, I told you Kenny Williams has been employed by the White Sox since nineteen ninety two. And I, I I don't I'm not a Kenny hater or anything like that. He did his job in two thousand and five, but if that doesn't speak to how lo- no one keeps their job since nineteen ninety two. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody you know that's been in their position since 1992 <laughs> at any walk of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 your, your mailman, whoever, your garbage man, they ain't been there since 1992. So in sports where it's like famously unloyal, to have a guy who's been in his job for 30 – or in a job with the White Sox for 30 years just kind of speaks to Jerry Reinsdorf. It's kind of admirable on one hand. It's like, yo, this dude's a really old-school type guy. It's like, if I trust you, I trust you, and I'll live with the best part of you and the worst part of you. But at the same time, where you're looking at a situation like the Bulls, where it's like no organization in the league needs change more than Chicago Bulls. Our perception around the league is trash. We have a coach that's an idiot. We have a roster that no one really knows what the hell is going on with. We need complete change of the organization. We just need fresh blood. And I'm not going to condemn Paxson's entire tenure because I really think John Paxson has done a lot of good things for the Bulls. Two different times. He's led us through some pretty solid rebuilds or whatever you want to call them. One of them, he did luck up with Derrick Rose. We're not going to pretend like that didn't happen, but he put a good team around Rose back then, right? So I'm not going to knock him for that. These last few years have been awful. 
we need a complete refresh of the organization. And based on what Casey just said right there, it sounds like business as usual to me. It sounds like Reinsdorf does not have the heart to fire Paxson. And essentially the new dude, if the new dude comes in and fires Paxson and fails, Reinsdorf would just be able to point to that. So why would, again, why would you put yourself in that situation? It's just the unneeded like, hey, pressure. The first the thing you did regime. was fire your biggest resource, and then you lost. So it's like, yeah, we can point to that. Now you're done. It's a joke. Yeah, I mean, we're in a spot where there's reports of Lori Markin and says he he doesn't know if he wants to be a part of the Bulls. He he, he he shouldn't be talking about anything. Number one, he decided he wants to be a part of being a good third year NBA player. That's what I think he should decide. Like, but that's I, what I, I mean. Know, you know, that's yeah. where we're at, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not good enough to make that decision <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not you're not good enough to tell me where you want to play. Yeah, you understand right, what I'm saying to you right, right now? Like, yeah. You should you're be happy there. you're a part of the league. You should just be happy you're here. Yeah. What are you talking about? So Yeah. Maybe if Zach Levine was like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Uh, you can go score useless buckets somewhere else. But, yeah. I think one of the big the, – the crazy things is, like, just to, to play devil's advocate with what you said about the loyalty is that could be looked at as a positive from the new person coming in. Like, hey, I – I'm going to have time to mold this and build this how I want. Um, I'm not going to get rushed out of the door. So it, it, could, it could be looked at as a positive for someone else new coming in. And one of the other things I want to ask you. So in that audio, Casey Johnson said uh, John, John Paxson can just be a Bulls legend. And that shit <laughs> kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I When I heard it. You know how you just hear something and you don't, it doesn't really sit right Yeah, with you? it's one of those words that's thrown around. But yeah, that I see, what, I see where you're going. It didn't really sit right with me. He, Bulls legend. Like, yeah. He's not even in the top, he's not even in the top 20 of Bulls legends. Yeah, me. he made a legend, he made a legendary shot. He played a lot of games when we were winning championships, but like, and he, so he, hit, did, a game, he, hit, he hit a game winner in the finals. That's, that's his mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Like Randy Brown played a lot of games too. So did Dickie Shipkins. Like, you know what I mean? Like a, talking about the wire, Randy like, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the wire. <laughs> Yo, that's a good ass nickname for him. The wire. The feds, Randy Brown. The feds, the, yeah. The fed story. The bug. Randy Brown. The bug. The bug. The bug. Randy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wire by Randy the Brown. The wire. The wire. Randy Brown, man. Hold on. Sn- oh, snitching ass Randy. <laughs> Yo, he should come out with a book. The Wire. The, the Wire. Life. My life in the trenches with oh. the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> no, facts. He needs to come out but, with that. But listen, that backs up our whole point. It's like the Bulls had a known mole working for the organization throughout the entire Tom Thibodeau tenure. Like, Randy Brown was known to literally take whatever happened in practice and walk upstairs and tell Garpack. And the whole league knew why he was there. Randy Brown was not employed because he's a great coach. He was the wire. <laughs> yeah, he was the wire. You understand know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody knew that. You know that. I know that. Everybody we know knows that. It's like that's the perception of the Bulls around the league. Man, I you would have a mole. To... You have a mole in your organization. <laughs> <laughs> you have a mole and you're doing nothing about it. You're doing nothing about it. It was just happy with that. You have a planted mole in your own organization. Yeah. You literally plant a mole in your entire organization. I would love to hear from Tibbs. Just on, oh God. just on that whole, just everything about it. Tibbs, yeah. Tibbs would keep it one hundred. What, what is Tibbs on now? Chilling. He's getting just, a check. Just getting doing, a check from the Bulls. Then getting a check from the Timberwolves. I think and ESPN's paying him. Doing TV here and there. Yeah. 
you know what I'm saying? He might have maybe he got married or something. So that uh it's interesting what's happening with the search. It's gonna be uh interesting what happens. I think this is an unprecedented time where literally everything is paused. The season, everything coming up. This is a great time to catch your breath and, and it's a massive hire we need to make. Yeah. This is gonna change the course of the key either we stay where we're at or we start to go on an up trajectory off of this hire. And it's so obvious. You're so right. We just need, like, yo, even, hey, even if you are a Gar fan. Yeah, if you love them. If, even if you're a Gar Packs supporter, you, you can't deny that the organization needs some new blood to flow through. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. if you're the, if you're Gar, if you're Paxson's son, you, you can look at the last couple of years and be like, man, we haven't really been, we, we haven't, you've been around forever. We haven't got we, – we're not where we need to be for the last three seasons plus. Like, yeah, maybe we could use some new blood. Like, and it's just logical. The perception is terrible. Like, if, if anything, the outside perception of the organization is so bad that you need to make a change. Like, it's toxic. We are viewed as a toxic organization, so why would anybody want to come play here? You know what I mean? Why would a good Why would a good GM want to come here? Why would a good coach want to come here? Hey, you know who wants Gar Paxson or Paxson to stay in the organization? Fucking Jim Boylan. Absolutely, because if Paxson's gone, he knows right, I'm good. I'm never coaching another NBA game again in my life. Hey, and I'm gonna tell you this: for, for anyone who's supporting Paxson and them, I bet I can guarantee you, if Gar Pax get fired, they won't have a job. Yeah, how about that? Like they like maybe Gar will get a scouting spot, whatever. Because Gar got a scouting spot. spot. I think, but John Paxson has a lot of respect around the league. He'll be able to do any number of jobs within the league, but it won't be another team it, president. It won't job. be running anybody's team. Yeah. That's no, for sure. No, he, he could probably go back to the booth and announce. I mean, he'll be, he'll get a job in the league, but yeah, you didn't need one either. He's rich. Without question. <laughs> He's fine. I'm not worried about job. I'm not worried about job bags, rich without question just don't yeah. show your, just don't show your face in chicago but but get it together bulls figure it out man give a clear consistent message it's probably too late now um so hopefully you just luck into the right hire you know if whoever still wants to come talk about this job but yeah why would you leave they're talking about people from the pacers why would you leave the pacers organization they're talking about a guy from the heat why in the fuck would you ever we talk about the heat organization all the time why would you ever leave that they talk about a guy from uh toronto why would you leave these good organizations? People are turning down promotions not to come to Chicago. To not come to Chicago. These people aren't coming over here. Why would you leave? If it's like, yo, I could hitch my wagon to Maasai for the rest of my life. Why the fuck would I want to go hang out with Jerry Reinsdorf? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and don't try to sell me out. Oh, the Bulls might be trying to get Maasai. Like, I haven't even seen that name float around. Maasai ain't coming here for nothing. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Maybe you give him 10% ownership. He might come over here. He ain't coming for nothing. <laughs> You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah. Like sir. he's not coming over here, man. He's not. It's not happening. If I'm Messiah, I'm like, oh, Chicago seems like a good idea. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he already told New York no. He told James Dolan, don't even call me. So he's yeah. good. Yeah, he's super good. We'll leave it Messiah. there, man. No catch up. Sports talk via Chicago for Big Nick the Quick. I am your host Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Lock in on Instagram at No Catch Up Shy C H I. We're locked and loaded weekly. No catch on Sports Talk via Chicago. Let's get it.